Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Our lesson from the epistle uh, to the Hebrews today paints a very grand and imposing picture of two mountains, of Mount Sinai and of Mount Zion. And separated as they are by wilderness, uh, we see in the depictions actually a great number of common elements, and yet the description seems divided in some way by its tone. These are very different mountains, and yet the author reminds us of, of things that are actually quite similar. We see on Mount Sinai where Moses received the, the law and the great cloud of the presence, that it was like a blazing fire, darkness and gloom and a, and a tempest. Something grand about this frightening, frightful atmosphere. And we hear less about the weather on Mount Zion, but we do know that there are innumerable angels gathered on Mount Zion. And you know, angels have been, they've been made so innocuous. We think of them as, I, I, I personally am cherophobic. If you ever go in Rococo churches, I have a deep phobia of those little cheruby things because I am concerned that they'll, well, I just don't like them, but I'm gonna make it up and say that I'm concerned that I'm going to treat angels like little babies who are helpless and weak. But what's the first thing that angels say in the scriptures when they appear oh, to, to mortals? They say, be not, be, be not afraid, be not afraid. Angels are scary. <laughs> And so just as Mount Sinai is filled with gloom and, and terror and, and, and thunder and, and it just feels like, you know, the, the beginning of some Hollywood horror flick or something. Um, Hollywood horror flick. I clearly don't watch many movies. But <laughs> you get the idea. It's, it's frightening. It's gothic. It's, it's scary. But here we have something that's also frightening, this innumerable group of angels. And they're not just a bunch of angels there. It's not just a bunch of angels alone. There's also the whole company of Israel, right? All the, the company of the firstborn, right? That's Israel. That's the new Israel, the church. All the saints are there in glory. And, and, and they're, not just, they're not just present in a great number. But we see that the spirit of the righteous, the, the spirits of the righteous are there in, in, in total purity. What a picture. A picture. I, I think it's scary. I think it's scary. The, the new international version, which is a, a, a lovely version uh, of the Bible, but they put a heading in there and they say, the, and, and those headings, you know, are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I can criticize them and it's not blasphemous. But they say it's the Mount of, uh, the Mount of Fear and the Mount of Joy. Well, there seems to be an element of fear here on Mount Zion. There seems to be something frightening. And yet the tone is different. We're being called not to, to Mount Sinai, but we have come to a new kingdom. We have come to a different mountain. We have come to Mount Zion, says the author of this epistle. What is different? They're both very frightening things. 
And if we look at the list, if we, if we just make a list of, the, of, of what's present, just in the way that I've been doing, it's, it's only when we come to the very end that we learn something that's, that's really quite different. Right? If, 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 if on Sinai, God is giving Moses the law, he's giving the standard, that incredibly high standard by which we are judged, if he's giving that on, on Mount Sinai. And then we hear that on Mount Zion, God is there as judge of all. There's a parody here. But something is different about Mount Zion. And what's different is the presence, the presence of Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus Christ is the difference between a fearsome, a fear-imbued mountain and an awesome one. Jesus Christ is the difference between fear and awe. You know, I went on the Advent trip to Germany, and it was great fun. And one of the first things uh, I did in Berlin with the, with the group is uh, a friend of mine, we went to a, 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 a restaurant and club that had been recommended to me when I lived there ages ago. And I finally got to go to it. And it's, it's on the top of this residential building. And, you, and, and there's this exterior elevator. And it goes right up, uh, up to the top so that you don't disturb all the people in the residence you know, if you're just going to, to dine there. And, um, and as I was going up, I was awed by the view. I thought, what a beautiful view of the city of Berlin, a city I love. It's, it's great. And I'm looking out. And then, and then we're getting higher and higher. And I found just this twinge of anxiety was, was present. And I thought, gee, I'm really thankful for, for German engineering. <laughs> right? German engineering was the thing that changed what would be a very frightening thing. I'm in a glass cube, I'm going up the side of a building, and it's getting higher and higher, and I am just on a rope. I'm dangling by a thread, like a sword of Dam Damocles. You know, it's just going to drop me down. I could be very frightened by that, but I had confidence in the mechanics. I had confidence, and so an experience that would have been one of great fear was one of awe and of pleasure. And just as the, the, the very engineering-oriented Germans made that trip something that's joyful, so too is the presence of Jesus here on Mount Zion, the difference maker. Because when we trust in Jesus, when we trust in him, we know that we can have this joy, we can have this confidence that what is fearful is transformed. This may seem abstract. And, and so I, I, just, I would say, looking at my own life these past two years, looking um, at the wonderful time uh, you, have, you have both um, supported and endured my first two years of ordained ministry. And I'm very grateful for it. But when I, when I look back, I see these fears, that there are the same fears that are present on Mount Sinai, animating my own life. What are people afraid of on Sinai? Well, first, the unknown, right? 
This is the God who created the universe, the God of Israel, and his very presence is there in a cloud. What's going to happen? What is it going to be like when mere mortals come in contact with this unknown God? And then, of course, there's the, the, the fear of failure. Moses is, is a, 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 a beloved prophet. I mean, he's one of the absolute greatest prophets in the Old Testament. This man was a murderer, and he was coming into the presence of the pure and holy God. He was afraid of failure. He pleaded that, that Aaron would help him. There was the fear of failure. And knowing that uh, failing to, to live up to God's holiness would have consequences meant that there was also the fear of death. And it's those three fears, those Sinai fears, that I think stalk us through our lives as we walk this earth. The fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, and the fear of death. Well, it might be easy to say Jesus is the one who makes the difference. He's like, the, it's his, the gift of his sacrifice. That is what uh, allows us to trust God, to know that even in the face of the unknown, in the face of potential failure, in the face of death, there is hope and there is joy. We can say that. But I want to thank you and this parish for the way in which you have helped me live that. When I first was looking where I would go after seminary, I called a trusted friend who directs Christian education for the Episcopal Diocese of Maine. And I was talking with her, and I said, you know, I went down to, they flew me down to Alabama, and I ate a lot of barbecue, and it was wonderful, and, and there was this marvelous parish, and I'm thinking about, you know, whether I should go, go answer the call to be their, their first curate in this new program. And, and, I, and I confided in her, and I, I said, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid because I'm so used to being in places where, as a religious professional, I'm the one who's sort of, you know, I don't know much about cheerleading, but I've spent two years here. Uh, you know, as a... As a, as a rector, you feel like you've got to cheerlead everybody to, to, to get with the program. We're going we're gonna to live the Christian life together, and, and you have to be the driving force in the pulpit. And I said, in this church, they're so engaged. They're so involved. They're so biblically oriented. I, who am I with 27 years of experience of the Northeast? Who am I to get up in this pulpit and try to bring something out of God's Word? And yet you welcomed me and you listened to my, my attempts. And you blessed me because I learned that trusting in Jesus to do the work, to, do the, to, to, to let the message of his love speak out was what it was all about. Something that was fearful, the fear I had of failing became an awesome experience that I will take with me throughout my ministry and throughout my life. And you know, uh, Craig uh, alluded to this in the welcome. 
there's that fear of the unknown. And uh, I, I didn't have many expectations about coming here. I really didn't. I had, as Craig said, I had I'd been to Colonial Williams actually twice. We're going to be pedantic. <laughs> but, and maybe Monticello as a kid. I'm not sure. I, but in any case, I had no idea what I was getting into. It was unknown. And, and I'm sure you were a little concerned too. I mean, talk about trusting in Jesus, calling your first curate. <laughs> calling me to be your first curate. You have got to trust the Lord if you're going to do that. <laughs> but you did. And it was, it was, you know, it was a two-way street, to be perfectly honest, because I, I didn't have a lot of expectations, but, but about two weeks after I told friends of mine that I would be going to the cathedral in Birmingham, uh, they said to me, when are you leaving for England? <laughs> and I told them, no, no, I'm going to Alabama. And then I saw there was an utter shock or just shrieks of laughter. <laughs> and so I was a little concerned. I was afraid of the unknown. But because of the power of Christ at work in this place, cultures and differences were bridged. I came to be blessed, blessed by this experience in an awe-inspiring and finally, if you'll permit me to be personal, even to a greater degree, which is really not my strong suit, but I would be remiss not to say um, that in these past two years, um, just, a, just a year ago, a little over a year ago, when my mother was diagnosed with very advanced pancreatic cancer. For your prayers, and your care and your support in the face of the fear of death as I have never felt it before. It made all the difference. It sustained me and it supported me and it was awesome. I was brought from Sinai to Zion because of the faith that we share in the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so I thank you for these experiences. And I also, I want to say that whether, whether we're looking at the present or the future, we know that the unknown, that failure, and indeed death, will be a part of our lives. But trusting in God, we know that we can be brought through the power of what God has done for us in Jesus, brought from Mount Sinai to Mount, to Mount Zion. And so I pray, I pray that you, whenever you face those fears, may remember the blood that he has shed, that Jesus Christ, the mediator, has shed, that we might know and have confidence in God's mercy and forgiveness. If you'll permit, and this is a dangerous thing, I, I, I've never been so happy to pass a course in my life as high school chemistry. So I'm going to try to, but, but I, think, I think, if I remember correctly, this is an appropriate analogy, and some of you know this better than I, but I would liken Jesus to an electron. The, the way I know, it's, it's odd, but 
an unstable molecule, right? All it takes is one electron, one little electron. And that molecule can go from being an unstable element to being a very stable one. Jesus Christ speaks in that still small voice into our lives. He changes what are frightening and unsettled experiences. I've been moving. I, I, I know. And he, just by his presence, just by the presence of his voice, his forgiveness, he brings stability and joy. He brings us even now in the presence, in, in the present, into the presence of his unshakable kingdom. So when you are afraid, I pray that you will remember the sprinkled blood, that you will know that Christ is with you when you are a victim, even as he offers you forgiveness when you perpetrate sin, which victimizes your neighbor. So that remembering, hearing the cry of his blood, all the dark and stormy Sinai's of this life will be transformed into a vision of the joy divine.